Hello and welcome to the Who Are You Wearing podcast. I'm Kiri Pritchard-McLean and this week's guest is the super stylish, ridiculously talented Cher Adelkan. Now, Cher is probably best known as the bassist in Gorillaz or from playing with Paloma Faith, but he is best known to me as one of the best dressed people on my Instagram. As soon as I started this podcast, I was in his DMs like an absolute creep. What I didn't expect was to have an incredibly profound and open chat with Cher. He was and is incredible. So this interview was recorded in May 2021. Cher was at his place in London and I was in a cupboard in North Wales because I'm relentlessly showbiz. Now, just a heads up, we're going to be talking about addiction and male mental health. I'm really proud of this episode and I hope you enjoy us asking Cher Adelkan, who are you wearing? Yeah, in the early 90s, I just got fascinated with MTV, even though I don't think I was even necessarily allowed to watch it. But like, I have three brothers, two sisters, all of us quite different. Um, So there's a whole like everybody listening to different music. My brother had his like Naughty by Nature posters and that and which I remember like looking at them being that was really cool. But then just seeing music videos. um, And yeah, again, someone like Prince or like Michael Jackson, like Michael Jackson in particular as well, because I was just like, I don't understand what you are <laughs> like he black yeah. he white um but just like the like the bad leather jacket like that look and then the next album is a whole different look I remember the video for do you remember the time just thinking sort of this ancient Egyptian chic thing going on which I thought was mm. really fascinating and then also like the Joker from Batman from uh Tim Burton's original Batman um yeah. not only again prince again he's like he did the the bat dance and all the stuff like the the soundtrack but i just thought jack nicholson as the joker was so fly yeah and just like i mean michael keaton as well as batman i think it was perfect but it's like that like sort of early 90s like between 90 like 91 and 94 sort of like when i started seeing just all these things on tv that i just thought were like were super cool and just really i i i gravitated towards the sort of flamboyant Mm. so what was your style then as a kid were you seeing stuff on mtv and being like okay how do i how do i dress me like that um not really it's i think it's also around a similar time that me and my brothers started drawing comics i think i draw i draw my characters in some pretty mad things um as opposed to because i i was just i also was just like i don't think i can these clothes aren't real in my head I was just like and I'm a kid so how am I going to dress like that mm. I can't even remember really what I was wearing my mum like had a bunch of stuff and we'd have a little bit of a say in what we wore but like um you know I really enjoyed dressing up for church on Sunday because we always we we grew up going to church um I in particularly like this one look me and my brother had like we had matching waistcoats and bow ties and these like green jeans <laughs> um <laughs> which I thought was uh, I think my mum, that was a, that was her masterstroke and she created a monster. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a dope look. I didn't beg my parents to buy me like some silver, I don't know, helmet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, again, when you're a kid, I, I was potentially sort of not necessarily scared, but I was just like, I didn't, I just didn't think the stuff that I potentially would want to wear really existed, mm. <laughs> especially for, especially for a kid. I was mm. just like, I'd love to have like a tuxedo and like you know 
but it was just like that i'm not i'm not the joker from batman so why am i gonna, <laughs> where's that gonna happen oh, i love it that that's the, like the two types of people is like joker from batman or you're a kid those are the, the only two things yeah it's like what there's nothing else i can't wait till i'm the, like i'm old enough to be the joker <laughs> So you, it was your mum dressing you, but you had brothers and sisters. Did your sisters or your brothers have any say in what you wore? I feel like my older sister bought me dungarees, which was cool. I liked, I like, yeah, I remember a lot of dungarees going on. Um, and my sister, Ronke, was the one who got the first pair of DMs and like she was wearing them to school as well because they straddled that line between formal mm. enough to get away with at school, but like cool enough to be cool. Um, yeah. And it was the 90s as well. So it was just like this was... It was prime, like, DM wearing, like, Jeff Buckley's wearing DMs. It's like, these are the coolest. Um, yeah, like, my my siblings, I don't think they necessarily had any say in what I wore. Again, you'd have to ask them. I can't really remember. Um, but I just know, yeah, they're all really, like, cool. Um, especially my brother, my oldest brother, Nee. I remember him having, the, like, typical, like, the 90s brick top and the circular, like, glasses, sunglasses. Love it. Um, I thought it was, like super super strong look full fresh prints like yeah exactly Did he even he might if he might even have had the flip ones you know <sighs> like from that other show a different world um yeah man it's a strong time a strong time hence why you know all those looks have come back yeah you know? the, yeah definitely um incidentally i was talking to comedian darren harriet yesterday and he was mm. saying he loved that kind of that look of that 90s fresh prince look and i said i'm, I'm talking to share tomorrow and I was like, I think you'd love his style. And I sent him your Instagram page. And he messaged me back and went, I've immediately followed him. He's so stylish. I was like, see, <laughs> I told you. <laughs> that's why he started following me. I yeah. saw that. I was like, oh, that's wicked. I seen him. I, oh, where did I see him? I saw him like at a club last, not last year, the year before. Um, I was just like, oh, this guy's super dope. Yeah, thanks for the hookup. He's, he's, he's a G. He's great. He's really well dressed. And, and both of you have a similar... I think approach to putting outfits together it's really cool and um, so back to, back to the interview rather than just like setting up stylish people <laughs> with each other <laughs> it's interesting you say about going to church and liking putting those clothes on mm. because lots of people when they talk about going to church as kids they that was a time that they felt very sort of repressed and lots of formal stuff they didn't like but you like that kind of stuff yeah so when I moved back to, so I bought born in Nigeria, moved to Holland when I was two, but moved back to Nigeria when I was six. And going to church was the thing, like have a butcher's at like a Nigerian church on the weekend and you see the flyest people you've ever seen. Yeah. Like amazing. Like I just thought it looked, it just looked so cool. It just looked like a music video, I felt. Um, and yeah, I think there's something, I've always liked the, process the formality of it um even though it's not necessarily a formal occasion especially like a nigerian church isn't all that formal um that's quite a blanket statement by the way but like mm -hmm. the church we went to a baptist church out there um you got dressed up and it was a celebratory feeling as opposed to i think a lot of kids have the experience where it almost feels like you're going to a funeral or something like mm. cause you get you get put you put on these clothes that you never would wear then you sit you have to sit in silence and you have to like there's it feels really restricted um but it can be quite raucous in a like nigerian ch like church like and going to like sunday school was really fun um yeah and there's just something where everybody did it it's like it, in some churches 
you, it depends on like your parents like they're like oh we dre- we get dressed up for church and you know we're going to go have this formal time but if everybody is dressing up to the nines just like oh everyone's doing it let's have a crack mm. and eventually that became where i started like dressing up the most like went so coming up to like my teenage years it was like going to church on the weekend was like that's where i busted out my new swag and it was it was the it was the only place besides because you know you go to school all, all week and mm. my initially my social group like we didn't obviously you're kids so we didn't really have anywhere to go out and before I was going mm. to house parties and stuff so it's just like where am I where can I go flex and it was like youth group and Sunday <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it were you ever yeah. made to wear as a kid then were you ever made to wear anything that you hated um no I think I was into I was into it all really <laughs> um yeah no I think I think I might have had to wear it might have been something pink that I was maybe because I got teased for it that I didn't like like I was love I think I loved it when I was going to either to school or to church or something like that and then as soon as I got teased for it I started feeling bad about it but until I got teased for it I was just like, this looks sick. <laughs> mm. um, so horrible when stuff like that happens, isn't it? When you mm. like, like when you can remember starting, I guess, to feel shame as a kid. Yeah, it, that's the that's it's such a powerful feeling because you like you, it, that stuff stays with you, doesn't it? Like, mm. especially when you feel good about something, it's just like, and there's no reason for you not to. And until someone else points, it's that's it always happens from outside in, like. It, it, it's kind of hard for it to start inside out um mm. and yeah it's just like as soon as people start start doing that it's just like you start thinking about what people think and it's like oh no it's just like oh don't put an earring in your right ear because you're gay it's like what like that yeah. would, you know ridiculous stuff right um and now we're in my right ear all the time <laughs> screw you <laughs> <laughs> i remember when i was a kid right so I had loads of hand-me-downs for my brothers um, mm. because there wasn't, like, loads of money when we were growing up. We're well, definitely not for clothes and stuff anyway. Um, yeah. And then there was... I li- Growing up, I lived near a caravan park. So cool. there used to be these, like, Scouse families who would come over, like, with girls, and they'd give me, like, a bin bag of old clothes that they didn't want. And, like, wow. they were from the city, so they were really fashionable. But it was from, like however long you know they'd grown out of it a while and no one in the family wanted it so i get these bin bags of clothes and i remember wearing like proper like 90s jeans that were like yeah. white denim with like flowers on and like an oversized <laughs> jumper and i had a bow in my hair and i remember thinking like this outfit was incredible mm. and i went to i wore it to go to london which is Ooh. very exciting me and my mum went to london and i remember getting on the tube and sitting down and a row of people looking at me and all bursting out laughing oh and I was my like, god I was so embarrassed and I was like, never dare to dream again. Yeah. <laughs> so like, <laughs> what have I done? Yeah. I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, you're right. There's that, that, oh man, I remember, um, this is when I was in my teens going to, oh God, going to, there were these um, underage discos, um, I think it was called Blush, where obviously something like that. Love it. Where we're from. Amazing. Um so it's WKD Blue City anyways um, <laughs> but I remember going wearing this my mum bought me this what like, like this cream coloured fruit of the loom like fleece or something or like mm-hmm. it was either a sweatshirt or a fleece and I was I was I was feeling it like hard <laughs> to think thinking back now it's not what you wear to you know disco where you're trying to sort <laughs> of cop 
as we said, cop off with someone. Um, and yeah, I was, I was until I got there that I realized that no, you sh- that's not necessarily what people think is appropriate wear for, <laughs> for that. I was just like, yeah, it's just such a sick cream jumper. <laughs> so I, and then, yeah, got, got rinsed. oh it's so brutal it's so brutal i'm over it though yeah (laughs) yeah sounds like it (laughs) um so did you have a favorite like item of clothing when you were going up or or an outfit that you just never wanted to take off i had a a phase where i loved wearing trucker hats um when i started playing in my band we were called auto fed we played skate punk slash emo and um yeah i think all for our gigs um my outfit was a trucker hat and a basketball uh jersey um yeah. and obviously baggy flares because obviously and <laughs> um <laughs> i think like a pair of like adidas like shell toes or something like that um so that was like a standard i love that look uh but then also on the flip side i also really wanted to be a rude boy like i just wanted to be one of the like just a roadman so I, like my brother had like a mckenzie tracksuit i used to borrow and then I'd always, but I'd always chuck like a denim jacket over it because I was just like, oh, why not? Love it. So I thought that was a strong look. Um, but, you know, I don't think Bromley High Street did. Um, <laughs> I always and... forget all this is happening in Bromley. <laughs> I, I happened in Bromley. <laughs> That's where it all started. And big up Bromley anyways, but yeah, I've moved out. Um, and what else was there? There were just, yeah, phases where there was just certain things I liked. Like I remember the first was it for my 16th birthday I got like a bit of money and I went into like FC UK and bought like a pair of I mean these they were skinny but then they were flared and it was like they looked like Shakira wore them these jeans <laughs> like they had like some tassely shit um and like some pattern at the bottom and I loved these jeans like to this day I, I think about them like two or three times a year <laughs> um <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, these these were dope. Um, and I rinsed those. I think they were quite expensive. I think I'd never, I didn't know jeans went up to like 60, 70 quid. Yeah. I was just like, I spent most of my birthday money on them. And I used to, I remember I used to love wearing them with flip flops. Um, I used to wear them to church on Sunday evenings. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is the look. I can totally <laughs> see it already. I can, I know exactly what you're going for with that. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, moving around as a kid to different countries, did you pick up mm. bits of style and trends in each place or like looks? Um, I wouldn't say I necessarily did, but what I would say comes with moving around a lot is almost like reinventing yourself because you have to, f- like as a defense mechanism, I want to fit in wherever I, as a kid, you'd want to fit in wherever you go to. Um, and I always like, for example, that's why I say my my accent used to fluctuate a lot depending on who I was with. Because, and then eventually that just becomes instinctive. You don't actively do it, but initially it was just like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm doing this to so people don't take the mick at me. Um, yeah, like I don't even I don't even remember how I sounded like when I was growing up. But it's like when I moved to Nigeria, I remember kids taking the mick out of me because I went to a British school in Holland. Um, and they were like, why are you putting on this, that phony accent? I was like, I just, I grew up in Holland. And they're like, so I had to correct that. And then when I moved to England, people were like, oh, you got a funny accent. It's like, oh shit, okay, I got to correct that. <laughs> um, so you just, you, you get, you get into this habit of morphing 
um or i did at least i did anyways um so it's it becomes a bit of i don't know changing your character all the time um which i think it it, it's it teaches you i think empathy what taught me a lot of empathy sort of when you're teased for being different you know what it feels like so you you're hypersensitive to others feeling the same um and yeah thus you try to just feel how other people feel and then you sort of i don't know you can become a bit of a social chameleon sometimes that's a bad thing um because then that gives you issues of who who are you then um Mm. which is definitely something i've that's a bit of a head wreck that's also been an issue but as a byproduct of that it comes with you're right with trying new things you're okay with being in new situations um like and i did my sixth form in ecuador so it's like you know not even knowing the language of somewhere you know like and having to learn a new language to have mates it's it you it just it moving around just gets you i don't know it opens you up Mm. i think a bit i remember when i was a teenager i would sort of like go different places don't get me wrong i wasn't going to ecuador for six form <laughs> i more mean i was going from banger to Sandidna, right oh nice <laughs> i've played banger before sort of. actually <laughs> yeah. but as a teenager like identity and subcultures are really important mm. and you know i could like scan a room and be like i would be mates with them because they would have baggy jeans on yeah, and yeah, a yeah. band t-shirt so were you doing a bit of that were you sort of like you know moving around so many places and yeah not always having the language were you did you use clothes and like style to try and like seek out your people when it came to ecuador i think i did a bit because i was a bit older i was like 16 17 when i moved there um which I think I turned 17 and 18 out there. Um, so, yeah, I I was a bit older. I had a bit more about me. And, like, yeah, I gravitated towards, say, the people who could relate to, say, British culture a bit more. Mm. Um, and and I found a bunch of kids who were into the same, like, similar emo bands <laughs> that I was into. Um, yeah, you'd sort of you kind of look at your tribe. But then I also again the good thing about being out there was just like I ended up hanging out with people I never thought I would um people who are still friends to this day um and like the people the the people who are still who are my closest mates from out there some of them are like oh yeah obviously I was gonna be they they were my champions initially and stay my champions you know um but some of them is just like oh our paths would never normally cross Mm. you know but I'm glad they did and that's been that's been quite cool again it sort of it opens your opens you up to if you're open to it anyways Mm. to being surprised by who you're gonna you never know who you're gonna get on with um and when you like say go to international schools and stuff everyone's got a madness of a story as well so it's like you don't know what that person's from where they're from so um yeah, it's uh, it's been a mixture of the two. I've got, I gravitated towards certain people, but also found myself in the company of enjoying the company of people that I never thought would be on my radar. Mm. You know, amazing. When you were a teenager, what were the big sort of like trends that were happening? Did you go in for any of them? Well, again, yeah. So that like the baggy flared like grunge look and band t shirt. That was, those were my people, um, you know, belts with studs on for some reason, yes. fingerless fingerless gloves, 
we all we all fancied Avril Lavigne, like <laughs> you know, some forty one. Like basically, my band auto fed. We looked like we were some forty one ish sort of understudies. Um, <laughs> you know, three three quarter length and Vans. I don't think I ever had any Vans in the end, but like, yeah, that was that was definitely a vibe. Um, but then also, like, I was mad into. I also really liked that um, R and B group B two K. Like I really, really liked them for some reason. <laughs> um, and like there was one video, like the video for "Baby Turn Around and Let Me See That Sexy Body Go." Bum, bum, bum. Then anyways, that video. One of the lads had like his hair was like what you call relaxed, and he had but he had like a visor on. And I think it was upside down. I was like, I think that's the coolest thing. <laughs> so I really, I've got my hair relaxed, and I've started wearing a white visor slightly to the side, and sometimes upside down. Um, that was that that happened as well um, <laughs> um what else was like a trend back then sweatbands that was a thing i had sweatbands um, i had visors i had all these things yeah yeah exactly you know it's like that early 2000s was a niche time <laughs> like and most of it bad let's be honest <laughs> yeah i do think that like the skater side of it was not as embarrassing as some of the like high street pop fashion which yeah. was really right yeah super super low cut jeans i remember was just like like what is actually going on here like whoa, whoa. and hair that looked like shards just shards of glass yeah like the <laughs> so wettest. sharp everything was so yeah, sharp everyone's hip look. bones everyone's frosted tips <laughs> yeah <laughs> The corners of sunglasses. It's just like those frameless, <laughs> frameless sunglasses that look like a sort of Long Island iced tea. So they fade from like yeah. light brown to white or something. <laughs> it's like, all right. I remember that fashion wise, being really excited by a few things about that era. The Strokes coming along in 2001. Yeah, I big... was so like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Like, who are these? They all look like rock stars. And it felt affordable because... Converse trainers were affordable. Mm-hmm. Jeans rips in were affordable, and mm-hmm. you could find old t-shirts in charity shops and old suit yeah. jackets. Yeah, that's it. That was such a, that was the look exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, and, that was and the, like Kings of Leon and yeah, yeah, bands like that. You know, the era of the sixties revivalist sort of the bands era, and yeah, they all looked yeah. they all looked poor, even though like all the strokes were millionaires <laughs> the, the kids are millionaires yeah yeah <laughs> totally and i also remember big this a little bit later but andre 3000 and mm. kanye west coming along and it being like holy shit people can dress like this yeah andre 3000 my word was just uh like not just the music i mean the music alone was enough to, to just genreless amazing whatever mm. but he like in terms of his style he's beyond genreless he's like a, an anomaly when you're a teenager then did you have like a rebellious phase and if you did did it show up in what you wore um i definitely had a rebellious phase again this was probably later like I was a nightmare to my parents. Definitely, when I was when because when I when we moved to Ecuador, it was just me, and my mum, and my dad. Like all my other siblings had flown the coop. I'm um, the youngest of six, so like everyone had been through the gaff, mm. um, and that's when I really started acting out. Um, 
I didn't. Uh, yeah, like I, I used to have these fake piercings that I'd wear that I'd hide, you know, and I just like pop, pop them in when I go out. Sometimes that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also just too. I was half quite timid to do some of the stuff that I really wanted to. Like I did have, you know, jeans with rips in, which my parents hated, but I didn't ever like push it so far to like. I'm wearing a mini skirt, Dad. <laughs> like I didn't go. Um, didn't take it. Take it quite there. It was more the things that I did as opposed to the things that I wore that really were potentially you know that caused friction Mm. um but that was definitely the beginning of when my parents started like sort of just like giving up on me in terms of like he's gonna wear some madness and let's just leave him to it like that started then and it's it's been a a steady incline (laughs) ever since would your style today though which i think is so as i say gorgeous and eclectic and skips again between genres of like Sometimes you're in just like this incredibly like polished suit and then it's a leather jacket and some DMs and a mad mm. hat. It's all just like skips around and is so, it's always, mm. always stylish. But like, how, I mean, how do your parents feel about w- what you wear now? It's funny, like I, I recently dyed my eyebrows pink and I've had many conversations with them like FaceTimes and they haven't mentioned anything yet. <laughs> I think they've, they've gone past the point of actually saying something now. <laughs> um <laughs> So I don't, I don't know what they, what they think, especially I've started wearing heels a bit. Like I've got these, some platforms um, from this uh, Atelier de Charlotte, um, this amazing uh, Spanish make that made me some like 70s style They're gorgeous. They're so beautiful. I've seen them. Thank you. You should chat to them. They're amazing. Uh, I made the mistake of recording this whole live stream, like, like wearing them straight for about 10 hours and like... I've not worn them since <laughs> just because I've got a bit of beef with them just for the minute, but I'll get back to wearing them. Um, no, like my, at the, at the moment, do you know one thing that changed again, coming out of that, that phase where I was like, I'm only wearing a suit, blah, blah, blah. And I was one of these people who's just like, I don't wear trainers. Like I also had an issue with trainers just because I've got big feet. And I was just like, when I was younger and super skinny, I used to be super skinny. If I wore like a pair of Converse, I just looked like Ronald McDonald's, <laughs> like I looked like an absolute clown. Um, and just like I've got flat feet as well, so like trainers never looked exactly how they looked mm. on, in, you know, on other people and all this stuff. Like it's, it's a, actually a, quite a big issue that I'm still fighting today. To like finding shoes that I like is has been a has been an ongoing thing. Um, but r- when having gone through quite a lot of life transformation and doing a lot of digging in just like into myself etc one thing that I think has freed me up a bit has been getting into just more casual clothes like a few years ago you'd never catch me dead in a hoodie like actually I didn't have I didn't have any trainers I didn't have any socks that weren't formal I didn't have any joggers I didn't I barely had t-shirts um and that was it was just the most pretentious obnoxious rubbish um but i think one thing i think which is also the balance in my wardrobe is actually now is now matching a balance in my life where it's like there's there's a time and place for anything and for new things and for it's all right to have it's all right to wear something that Mm. someone else has got um i.e like just being a pair of joggers like they're popular because they're bloody comfortable (laughs) um but then even with it but then even within that you can also you can still be yourself and still you know Mm. get cool ones do you know what i mean like you can do whatever 
you want but it's just the whole idea of sort of separating yourself from other people and again just thinking that I've got to keep up this certain kind of look or whatever um which was super super toxic and like you know looking down on anybody for what they wear is it's a horrendous thing to do and obviously it's happened when it's when you know what it feels like then it's like why would you do that to other people um so yeah it's just like now now yeah like you say there's some days where I'm wearing like you know a massive mm-hmm. gigantic pink hat with you know leather jacket with all the patches on and like snakes snakeskin boots and all this blah, blah blah but then there's also times where it's like all black uh sweatshirt like and some combat boots or something like that and then it's just joggers and trainers and or then I'm going to going to the gym it's like I'm just a lot happier mm. for it that's so interesting because when you're talking about the idea of like you just didn't have trainers or a t-shirt or anything like that and mm. everything was like turned out and you know like everything's a look and everything's a statement about someone who's put together mm-hmm. and yet it feels like what's actually going on inside is the opposite of that because also a suit as well is like a, a sign of control mm-hmm. and then you're putting that on to 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 hide what a lack you're not of. feeling inside exactly like yeah. and it wasn't just it wasn't just a suit it was some next level thing like and it was accessorized to within an inch like it wasn't just a collar it was a collar with a bar through it It was a tie with a tie clip in it it was it was like even like my cigarettes my friend harry got me this amazing old like vintage dunhill cigarette holder with a lighter built into it and so it was everything was dialed up to nine it was a fun it was a good exercise actually um but it was also just futile because the more I poured into the look, and this was every single day, like re- rain or shine, getting on a plane or getting a train, um, going to Tesco, whatever. It was knackering. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also it was just like, and I was just waste, ugh, spending lots of money as well because sometimes I just was so depressed I wouldn't do any like, I wouldn't wash anything. So, so instead of actually just sorting that out, I just buy a new shirt mm-hmm. if I wanted to go out. <laughs> Even though I had like twelve. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um Yeah, it's mad. Like sometimes the people who look the most together uh are not. Also, I hope this isn't insensitive, but when you're talking about this and your sort of addiction issues and things like that and, and having this level of turnout, I'm like I can't think of anything worse than being hungover and being in a suit. <laughs> like all I would want to be is joggers and a hoodie. Yeah, exactly. But it's the, you're right. It it was. It makes no no sense. Like one of the th- the thing about that is like, I feel like your clothes should reflect your mood, and when they don't, it actually becomes corrosive. And it's like the times when it was appropriate to wear that wouldn't matter because I'm wearing it all the time. Mm. It's like when I'm hunger when I was hungover I should have just been if I was meeting someone up would just be like oh man get the sunnies on and just feel terrible. Mm. But it's like and it's all right to feel terrible, but I wasn't allowing myself to to I wasn't being honest basically. Um and yeah, it really it, it really weighs down on you that. Mm. And really um insightful of you to have done that work to realize that's what was going on with you now yeah it's 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 quite painful to think about actually because it's just like shit i was in so much pain <laughs> and it only and it got worse it just got you know it got really bad and i suppose people didn't even um because you're doing all this legwork to make it all like like everything smashing it i wouldn't look at you in a suit and think there's a guy that needs help 
Yeah. But that's also what you're doing, right? It's your... It's, yeah, was desperate for it, but couldn't talk about it, which is the... It's one of the most important parts of uh, any kind of recovery or whatever. It's just like that you feel shamed, ashamed for for talking about it where it's like the people that will love you the most won't care mm. but you think you're letting people down or whatever and it's just like it's like just try speaking to someone because i bet you there's someone in your life that is willing to listen um mm. even when you when you think that there isn't more people are on your side than you actually think and i thought i thought i had to impress everybody um and be all right and it's just like like I think most of my my closest friends and stuff because I because I started div- uh, I started neglecting them mm. and started being a bit showbiz and it's just like they were all like they could smell a rat um, but and I I just didn't let them in really um, but yeah to the person who didn't necessarily know me or whatever they'd be like yeah this guy looks he's mm. he's smashing life it's just like nah mate <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm a shell just <laughs> I've just got a nice tie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm just like, I look sick, but I feel sick. <laughs> the style that we see now, which is, it seems like you give yourself much less of a hard time. You feel... It seems like when I look at you, I'm like, there is a guy who is knows himself mm. and is like at peace with himself because there's this confidence there. When did that style start appearing? So I went into rehab April 1st, 2019. Um, and in the run up to that, I got rid of a lot of stuff because um, I was I was moving out my flat. I was moving away. Mm. I say I did, actually. I was in such a state that I just went to my mum and dad's gaff up north and my mum went down south and cleared out my flat. Like I couldn't even, wow. I couldn't do that. And the thing she must have seen, I feel so sorry <laughs> for her. But big up Jane Adelican, you're a saint. Um, and I, I, I basically had lost, I just got rid of a lot of stuff in my wardrobe, gave loads to charity, like, um, and basically just had a cull. And like I went to this centre with a bag um, and that alone is sort of mentally refreshing it's just like man i don't have to carry that anymore do you know what mm. i mean um because it, it just like a lot of the things i wore actually weren't necessarily because i wanted to it was just because i had i just felt this need to seem all right um or or seem like you know rock and roll or you know whatever mm. like it wasn't necessary for the right reasons um so that's when it began and obviously in the center spending 10 months at this center um was rock hard because it was like no no phones no internet no tv um two phone two incoming and outgoing phone calls 15 minutes a week like it was re- it was brutal like re- i wow. don't recommend it <laughs> um but i do if you need it um and during that and i also i couldn't play any musical instruments for the first 16 weeks so it was also and that's the longest i'd not played anything since i could mm. and so there was a lot of time to for better or worse look at myself objectively mm. um and be ch- talking to people who were helping you know there's lots of guidance and counseling and talking to other people in the center and 
you know you share a room in this center so you're never necessarily alone um which is a good thing and also a bad thing um but yeah i just had to try and work out who i was or be all right with and be all right with whatever i found um and it just turns out that i was unhappy about a lot of things and there were some simple changes that i could make and honesty being honest with yourself or being honest even to to the point of things like not even just clothes but like the mu- kind of music that you like and being all right with telling people that um as opposed to having to imp- be impressive all the time it's one thing like that was just that i think was the underlying thing i felt like i needed to be impressive all the time and it's like nobody is mm. and nobody should be and what does that even mean <laughs> like what does it even mean um it's just like are you happy with this that the other and so at this at this uh, rehab center lots of people don't finish the program because like i said it's rock hard mm-hmm. um so there's this there's lots of bags of just old clothes so i got lots of hand-me-downs from people who'd been through and it was all sorts it was like it was from like you know say like nice designer t-shirt to just whatever madness you know was like charity shop sort of vibes and i wasn't like I wasn't thinking so much because we were just busy doing, you know, either work, physical work or doing, I was working out or I was doing in in the classes or, you know, it was a Christian rehab or I was like in church or whatever. Mm. So it, it wasn't about any of the razzle dazzle other stuff. Um, In fact, this, this guy, Sammy, who was the guy who interviewed me to go there, the way I, I dressed and just the way I held myself when I went into my interview, he said, after I left, he told the staff, he was like, there's no way this guy's going to be told what to do. He's going to, I bet he'll last a week. Like he, because I came in with such swagger and just like how almost like I was like, I don't really need this. This is rubbish. Like he just couldn't, he didn't, he couldn't believe that I stayed as long as I did. And I, I completed it. Um, wow. But he was just like, I just needed to drop a lot of that tood. Um and like just picking up bits of clothes from all these other people just again just psychologically just was something quite nice about not necessarily caring about what I was wearing so much I mean and I I did you know say sometimes you know put throw a fit together um but it was only on special occasions or like when you know there's when we went to church on Sundays we went to church twice twice Sunday morning Sunday evening and there was a strict dress code you had to wear a suit and stuff like that so I was like okay this is an appropriate time mm. to do it so you know hit Moss Bros got a couple couple banging <laughs> whistles um and there's something nice about that it's just like okay now you're actually dressing up for something you know there's an occasion for it there's a reason for it you feel good about it people say nice things you know because of it as opposed to oh he's wearing another suit like bollocks and not to say you should be wearing anything for compliments but it's nice to get them yeah um and i think you're a fool if you think you just wear things just for yourself because that's rubbish <laughs> um like uh, yeah so that's that's when it sort of started and then so and post coming out um and like staying at my i stayed at my parents place for last year as well and i've only just recently moved, moved back to london and literally got a brand new wardrobe physically like it's a new space to fill with clothes um so i've just been started to amass new things again and new rings i had hundreds of rings as well which i either lost or gave away or have disappeared um i've just started to amass new ones and new bits of clothing and all my hats were gone so i've got new hats coming back into my life and 
things are finding flowing naturally back to me that I thought I lost um and again just not when I've given up I've given up sort of not necessarily caring but I opened up and I gave up a lot and actually the space is being filled mm. um with good things and uh that's so that's emotionally sort of mentally um as well as my actual wardrobe <laughs> like yeah. just cool things cool things are coming to me or coming back to me or I'm forming great relationships with some great designers and or picking up old ones that um are you know being rekindled you know in a nice way um and yeah I'm just not and I'm also not spending because again it's really expensive wearing a you know new suit every two three weeks or something like that and wearing like I'm not spending all my money on clothes anymore um because my priorities because I mean your behavior doesn't lie which is a great phrase I learned in rehab um but it's true and it's like if I've I'm not spending all my money on clothes because my priorities aren't just to look look like I'm all right all the time. So it's like now that I don't do that, it's freed up a lot of actual space in my life. <laughs> it's amazing because I hadn't, um, I guess, when I'd associated, we had loads of conversations on this podcast about people who have a really positive uh, sort of relationship with clothing mm-hmm. and people who largely have had a negative one. It's been to do with the fact that like, usually they're sort of plus size or they're queer people mm-hmm. who are sort of non-binary. So, you know, the world hasn't built things for them. that fit them necessarily. The world is making them feel like they're other. Mm-hmm. But your relationship with clothing becoming toxic in that is so, I guess, new to me. And I think, um, well, I just think you're, you, it's been lovely that you've been so honest about it. And I, I'm sure there's other people who do that as well who focus on having this level of perfection to sort of, protect themselves from i guess people cottoning on to what's really going on yeah it's it's i think it happens a lot in say my industry like being a musician where you know mm. you are scrutinized a lot by how you look and then also like say fans and stuff like see as long as they see the, the that side of you you're like oh it's all right i'm doing my job do you mm. know what i mean um doesn't really matter how I feel in the hotel room, but it's like actually it does. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a weird it's a weird one. Um, and I love clothes, but I've, I've definitely had a weird recent relationship where I actually you know the clothes are wearing me. I wasn't wearing the clothes. Mm. I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. Um, and it's like, yeah, you can. It's funny how humans like we find a way. We can find a way of turning anything against yeah. us. Like. <laughs> especially things that you love it's just like wow like something that I love ended up being a really big part of something that was potentially actually killing me Mm. being a musician as well so you played with some like huge artists Mm. and like so you're in gorillas obviously Mm -hmm. and then you play with Paloma Faith as well part of me thinks like if you're on stage with her you've got to have a look (laughs) do you know what I mean yeah like so she (laughs) like and she She's one of my style like icons actually because she's also like w- when we met back in like two thousand seven or something like that. Um, I was, when I was auditioning for her, we sort of clocked e- immediately that we were like kindred spirits because she's sort of flamboyant and sort of out there just like I am, um, and super stylish, super cool. Um, 
and yeah there was something wicked about being on stage with someone that you almost felt like you had to one up um <laughs> even though she did eventually start putting it like she told us what to wear or started started putting us in in outfits you know what i mean but initially it was a bit more sort of gung-ho um but she's she's definitely always been a great example of how to do it the right way i'd say i think like she's she has and i don't know you'd have to ask her i don't know how her relationship with clothing has evolved because you know she was very she used to wear very different things when i first started hanging out with her to now but she's always stayed the exact same the whole time in the same way that with her music and with her the way she is as a as a person you know the house might be bigger but the girl's exactly the same um mm. she hasn't changed a bit um and yeah she's she's always been she's always been there for me actually she tracked me down and she didn't realize I was, I was in rehab and she tracked down old phone numbers from mates and stuff and contacted to me in there so big 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 love to Paloma she's a ledge oh that's so nice to hear she is ludicrously stylish one day I dream of having her on this podcast oh yeah big <laughs> fingers <time>. crossed <laughs> Do you think of hair and makeup as part of your outfit? Yeah, I mean, uh, my I'm now I've now got locks, um, and I used to. I always had a okay. I used to, like my I've got really small head. <laughs> um, my friend, <laughs> my good friend of mine, Hannah Carey, she calls me pea head. Um, still from like school. <laughs> um, it's like really funny, but we're really adults now. Um, but. I've got big, I always have like, or tend to have big hair or big hats. In very, initially, it was just because I've got a, like a tiny head. So it always looked ridiculous. I always thought it looked ridiculous, you know. Um, but now that I've got uh, I've got locks, like it's its its own accessory in a way. Like mm. I think it, lo- it looks cool down, it looks cool up, it looks cool literally when I just wake up and it's in all sorts of different shapes. Um, and I think, I mean, my, my girlfriend Kaz, she's a hairstylist and I didn't it's such a deep subject and like it really does change how someone feels and obviously how someone looks because I think apparently when you recognize someone you look from the top down so you see you you recognize the silhouette of someone's hair like the shape of their head like with their hair before you actually that's why I say when you you see someone from behind that you think you recognize you're certain for a second that it's them you run up to them because your brain's just like yeah it must be that person it's just like oh no that's <laughs> not you um yeah like hair's hair's super important and i've seen i've seen and just some of the stories you know my kaz kaz makes a joke where she's like when she's say at the salon or something like that she's like oh i've just what you've been doing she's like i've been making dreams come true it's like a bit of a throwaway thing but I know that there's some people that go in there, like especially after lockdown or something, some people um, yeah. who've gone in feeling pretty bad about themselves. And after a decent cut and, you know, whatever colour, blow dryer, blah, blah, have mm. come out feeling like a million bucks. Like there's just some, there is something about that um, that can really, really change it. And makeup as well. It's like... Um, and again, which I guess is kind of a can be a bit of a layered, no pun intended, subject. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's just something about sort of doing things to yourself to make you to present yourself in a certain way that can that makes you feel good, which I think I think is great, and I I don't think it should be sort of frowned upon to 
put things on to make yourself feel better. Yeah. I think it's actually quite therapeutic. Mm. Well, on speaking of putting things on, are there any trends that you have tried to pull off but it's just not happening for you? TikTok? <laughs> um, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's just not a bit of me. I've tried. I've tried. It's, I just can't do it. Um, um, okay, so... I used to love a pair of winkle pickers. So again, going back to the sort of to mid two thousands, indie band, you know, razor light shoes, <laughs> razor like. But these were pointy. Like I had these. I had this pair of Arctic white. I've got big feet. Big feet. Sk- the skinniest of jeans. Obviously, going back to this time, and yeah, these Arctic white winkle pickers that were just ridiculous. I've seen pictures of them now <laughs> and. I can't believe people let me walk around like that. But I was just trying loads of things. It was like, yeah. Um, oh, God, that was that's probably one of the biggest, like, blots on my record, I reckon. Yeah, the Winkle, <laughs> the winkle Picker phase was not the phase. <laughs> not the one. When you kind of, when you went to rehab and mum came down from the north and cleaned out mm-hmm. the flat pretty much, is there anything that you held on to? I'm just wondering if you, you know, because I've got clothes that I've had since I was like 14 or 15 that I've just held on None to. None of that. No, I don't have anything wow. older than a couple of years, maybe. Growing up sort of moving around a lot, I'm I'm all right with change. Like, I don't get that attached to, like, things or places, really. I could mm. live anywhere. I love London. It's my favourite Um well, I think it's the best city in the world, not necessarily my favourite, but like there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Um, like I have a great life here. My missus is here, blah, blah, blah. But if she was like, or we were like, let's move tomorrow, I could do it. Literally, I could I could live anywhere. And if it was like, oh, but you can only bring one bag, I'd be like, all right, and just like get rid of half my stuff. Like I have, I've got no, wow. no problem with that. Um I find it refreshing. Um, or I think it can be. But that's also that also could be because I also I've I've also never really imbued maybe enough value in some things. Like um maybe I just didn't have anything that I thought was worth keeping. Um whereas there's a few bits I've got now where I'm just like, oh I'm gonna take really good care of that and I want to hold on to that for a while and you know, um I want to look after it and uh, it'll be cool to see mm-hmm. what this jacket looks like in a few years time when it's been around, you know. Um, but before I was very fleeting with things, uh, just not half because I didn't necessarily respect it. Um, I was quite sort of wasteful. Um, but then there's also, which I think is a good thing to have, is that I'm not that attached to stuff like because mm. i just i just know new things will come through always do you're the complete opposite to me and i'm a chronic hoarder <laughs> 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 just sit over stuff for as long as i can being like even if it doesn't fit or it's never fitted i'm like it do- it just deserves it to live with me <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh, so yeah. what's the oldest item of clothing you've got then because you've got some vintage stuff right not really at the moment the oldest, the old things I've got are guitars as opposed to clothes, you know? Um, like, my oldest guitar is, like, 1928. Wow. Um, I don't actually know where it is right now. That's 
that's where I'm that's where I was in my life actually I think I know it's at my friend's studio and I just haven't claimed it back yet um but I, yeah I've I've I have had a whole bunch of vintage stuff and vintage suits and uh but I think right now I don't think I've got much if any vintage stuff going on oh. but again it's that's I'm all right with that because at one point I was just like oh it's got to be if I'm getting this it's got to be a vintage this mm. and it's just like it's got to be it's got to be it's got, got to be designer this it's like nah my my wardrobe is ranges from you know ASOS Primark you know two pound things to you know I've got a leather jacket that costs like four figures do you know what I mean oh my god <laughs> I got it for three because I've got links, <laughs> um, but it's like it, that. That's I, that's the spectrum, and I'm all right with that spectrum. And I think that makes that actually is all that actually encompasses me way more than just thinking on the higher end of things. Mm. Is there an era that you wish that you existed in just just for the fashion of how great the looks are? <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad you qualified that because I would like before the eighties. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> not really um but uh for fashion i mean i do like a like a good zoot suit so like yeah 30s is a good good time i do Mm. i do like the age where people you know where you wore again you wore a suit as like that was just a the the gentleman's wear it's just like what it's Mm. what people wore um, as opposed to it being a statement or blah, blah, blah. Even though, you know, there were levels of suits, but it's like a working class man wore a suit and a hat, uh, a mm-hmm. prime minister wore a suit and a hat. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty pretty cool time, I'd say. That's a great answer. Is there an item of clothing, and it can be like a specific item like your leather jacket or just a type of clothing, like a hat, that you just put on and you instantly feel great? These Doc Martens, the, these Jadon, these big platform DMs that work with absolutely anything that I wear. And it's like, no matter what I'm wearing, like just pop them on and it's like, oh, that's all right. Um, it sort of looks looks pretty cool. Um, so yeah, that 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 puts my sort of outfit at ease. And you'd be surprised at how often that does. Like my flatmate, Alicia, she just got these, I think they're... Gucci they're like the they brought out these plastic like s- sandals basically like they're basically like the jet like gel shoes but for yeah. way too much money um <laughs> but, but she's got these black ones that look amazing and like they like they just immediately turn like her just walking to the kitchen into oh she's suddenly on a catwalk it's like <laughs> it's uh, having a, a, a dope shoe can really can can sort out the rest of the look you don't really need to do Mm. much else just sort your barnet out and then you can go out the door (laughs) yeah shoes can do a lot of talking can't they for the rest of the outfit 100 percent, 100 percent. you don't need to do you don't need to say that much else if you've got a banging pair like crepes like you can just be a a bit simpler otherwise and then you know maybe pop pop a ring on pop a watch on you're all right What's your relationship with charity shops and like thrifting and and vintage shops? Is that something you enjoy? Yeah, I do. I think it's part of a healthy sort of shopping life. I think is to like I'm into mm-hmm. recycling things and um, 
yeah and i definitely think there's something cool about an item of clothing or like a pair of shoes or something like that especially shoes there's something about even though it's weird wearing someone else's shoes but i think just there's something cool about a story carrying on mm-hmm. um like it's such a literally grounding thing to wear someone else's put walk a mile in someone else's shoes where you literally can do that um and yeah no, i like doing it um I, I live near a couple decent uh, charity shops there's a good crisis one just up the road here in peckham uh yeah i think that's a it's a good way good way to do things but you know it's hit and miss isn't it so you can't necessarily you don't know what you're going to mm. get um there's something nice about that yeah what's the best thing you've ever got from a charity shop then my favorite things to get are just like rings accessories are always there's always just a mad bundle of stuff like it could be you know some really nice piece from like the 50s or something like that but then it could just be something found in a, like a kid's lollipop or something like that um but <laughs> there's just like i think that's just that's probably my most the thing i buy the most is probably accessories just like bangles and necklaces and um yeah things like that they're so great as well because i remember as a kid like a teenager and, and maybe about the time I started working, but I was like a washer-upper mm-hmm. and I was on £3.50 an hour, so I wasn't, like, rich. But mm-hmm. you could go to a charity shop and get loads of, like, jewellery. And yeah. in, at the time, like, plastic beads were in fashion and they mm. were just... In every charity shop, there was, like, a box of them because years ago, nanas wore them. So, yeah. you know, you could suddenly, like... In my case, anyway, I could suddenly look like I was more on trend with a lot less money, and that kind of stuff's important when you're a kid. Yeah, that's it. Like, I definitely encourage young people, like kids, um, with like their first bit of money, or parents, like, like encourage your kids to take them to like a charity shop or something like that, so you can get because the pressure to look cool, especially in an age where, like, again, people are like tiktoking and uh like live streaming from class <laughs> um like you know the pressure to look cool is so mm. high but it's like oh you could probably you can look really individual f- and look cool for not that much if you try some charity shops like independent charity shops and even some chain charity shops but like some places like a beyond retro can be actually quite expensive yeah yeah, totally. Mm. I agree. And also, it takes the joy out of it. Like, at Charity Shop, I want to discover the thing, and then I feel like I get the reward. I don't need... That's why I don't like Oxfam Originals. I'm like, someone's already done the fun job of sifting through to find yeah. the gems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. The part part of it, it's it's the exploration that's part of it, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, your style, how it is now, can you see... Can you see you in your, like, 70s in your like platform docks with the leather jacket or do you think you're going to change again and evolve it's going to constantly change i've got no idea what's going to like my feet might not be able to take them docks <laughs> like just from <laughs> years of wearing them like they might be knackered and you know jumping around on stage and stuff you know probably i'll probably be into really flat shoes if any shoes <laughs> i don't know where i'm going to be with my life I might just like put some spray hardening on the on the bottom and just like check about wearing hemp um i don't i have no idea but i i'm open to whatever i'm i'm also open to yeah to still be wearing you know a pair of dms or a pair of converse and uh seeing what happens but i'm i'm definitely one of these i i know i don't want to be one of these people who's 
wearing the same stuff that they wore when they were you know a teenager or uh, like in mm-hmm. their 20s which i just think is sad or one of those like or a middle-aged man who which i see a lot in the music industry like a middle-aged man who's dressed like a 20 year old um quite specifically because like who's so on trend quite specifically to be relevant and it's like you're not bro <laughs> yeah it's really it's really really gross like going out with a really young girl it's like oh come on man like yeah what's going on there there's all there's sorts of alarm bells ringing <laughs> a lot <laughs> i can't hear because there's so many bells going on like oh my lord can you turn it down please <laughs> is there an item of clothing like again a specific item or just a type of clothing you can always see yourself wearing like hats i can always see it rocking whether i stay with this hair you know forever which i feel like locks are something that can just stay you know they can be a good mm. they're a good look no matter what age you are i think that's mm. that's strong um but yeah i can see myself always having some sort of assortment of hats um but but everything like i said everything everything else is fair game um i might lose all my stuff soon for because of whatever um i might gain a lot more for whatever but um yeah i i'd quite like to keep a decent collection of hats I love it. I love how zen you are about stuff as well. I'm just looking around. <laughs> I, I record this in my walk-in wardrobe because the sound's nice and damp and it's literally, because I tidied my room and <laughs> threw all the clothes in here. It's like, sh- I'm sat on the floor, but it's like shoulder high all around me. And you're wow. like, yeah, things can come and go. And I'm like, I've had that since I was 14. <laughs> I've had that since I was 18. <laughs> I wish wow. I could be like you. I almost, I mean, there's also like part of me that wishes I still had like some of those bits like from when i was a kid it might be it would be quite nice to say have my trucker hat from like auto fed's first gig or you know <laughs> um stuff like that but yeah i'm also quite all right with not it's like i'll just make new new memories it's all right <laughs> um are there any trends that you're hoping never come back no because it's like i'd like to see some things have another go but having been evolved like and see if it works and again like you know shoulder pads in the 80s didn't weren't necessarily that cool but a lot of designers have brought them back and like have worked it out mm. it's like okay the first draft didn't really work mm. but all right let's have another crack at it um yeah i think everything everything's everything can work um it's just the just the approach and who, who in whose hands it is it's like it's had a, a lot of things just need a bit of time to have a go around mm. and you know be approached with like modern modern technology or, or modern modern outlook on things mm. you're so right there's so much stuff that in the 80s i was like oh the proportions aren't right and a version of it has come back and i'm like that's it that's yeah. the like that's even the like distilled je- version like jeans like you know high-waisted like, like mom mom jeans like but that it's a great look but now that the materials aren't shit and someone who actually designs clothes has made them <laughs> like it's not just the utilitarian cut one just yeah. one size fits everybody it's just like okay these can actually look like and accentuate great parts of the body and you know you can wear them with confidence like the whole sort of dad look mom look i think has been a triumph of the modern era not not people who are just like hype beasts who just wear like clumpy shoes and the whatever this i hate i i hate any like say when like balenciaga brought out the socks like the sock shoes and stuff and like how everybody wore a sock shoe it's like that i'm not for like just wearing everything the minute it comes out 
if it's like because it's got Kanye on it or whatever like I can't really stand any of his shoes but like um that I'm not into but I am into the idea of how especially with younger people especially younger women it's like it's not all about the the lowest cut jeans um and no tops do you know what I mean it's like you can cover up like say someone like Billie Eilish um completely and look super hot mm. and look super cool it's given more people a chance to look cool mm. um I think that's uh that's one of the, the best things about modern the modern trends at the minute yeah feels like a much broader church than it did when we were growing up exactly 100 percent. like it was such a i don't know especially with just like the way society looked at women's fashion i think was like i can't believe it's it's mm. so different now compared to like the early 2000s and stuff it's a yeah and beast. i feel like in terms of gender as well like growing up it was like tracksuits with playboy on and lots of pink and lots of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and really sexualized yeah. for women and i don't even know what the boys are wearing mm-hmm. i think it was still in the idea that boys didn't care about what they wore there were no david bowies who were playing with all that kind of stuff well the only person who did was david beckham oh yeah so like he was the he was pushing stuff like remember how it was it was front page news that he wore a sarong yeah like what and like you know maybe bees will put some product in his hair and it's just like as if like that's that was that's how barren like the sort of media sort of sexualization of like conversation was Mm. it was like it was pretty binary um and say what you want to say about the whole how gender about gender fluidity blah blah it but what uh, one positive thing is just like that everybody gets a more people get to get a chance these days yeah um and i'm i'm all for that absolutely final question now um it could be perceived as a bit sad but i see it as a celebration mm. um so what outfit would you like to be buried in that is a really good question <laughs> wow <laughs> um whoa that's that's thrown me for six it's a big one isn't it it's a big it is one a, it's a big one when i was talking to darren the other day he said something really interesting he said he was like oh i've just found out this different he said most of most of my white friends they have um if they if there is an open casket it's only up to the waist he was like all the black funerals i've been to you can see the whole outfit so he's like i have to think about the shoes as well <laughs> so he's like i have to think about everything <laughs> you know what the first thought i did have it went to shoes though that's where i went to first i was like oh if i wear platforms it might have to be a slightly bigger casket um <laughs> i think I probably think I'd want to go out in... I don't know what I'd wear, but it'd probably be the most ridiculous, like... I'd want to be go to the nth degree <laughs> of where the most hard, like, amazing thing I possibly own. It'll probably end up being some form of... I don't know what clothes are going to be even made of when <laughs> <laughs> this potentially happens. Um, yeah, like, some sort of mad, yeah, crazy suit with a pair of... Like, at the moment, I can just see a cool pair of, like, platform boots on um with a hat resting on my chest oh yes yeah. please i think something like that could be could be the one oh. rings on every finger love it absolutely love it um we sort of come to the end now it's been so so interesting speaking to you and you've been so gorgeously open about everything 
Um, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you you feel like mentioning? Um, well, number one, thank you for having me. Pleasure. It's been a, it's been a really nice chat. We've gone lots of places I didn't really expect. <laughs> um, I would just say that uh, to everybody out there, like no matter who you are, if you need some help, just you know ask, get some help. You've got people that potentially love you, or if you don't feel like you do, there's people you can, there's, there's numbers you can call. There's especially for blokes like check out boys get sad too um because they do a lot of work with helping men talk about these things um and one for the boys as well those guys as well like mm. trying to get the conversation going and get people talking about their mental health um but and you know these things can often get tied into addiction issues so um i'm not saying you know you need to quit doing whatever you're doing but if you're thinking about oh i probably do this too much or i'm thinking of quitting you probably should Mm. um so start the start the process now i'd say because yeah. you will not you'll not regret it and it's 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 not easy but it's worth it that's um well you're a gorgeous example of someone who's worked so hard and had the support and the help and has come through the other side which is um i think a mm. a, a lovely thing to see and i think you're right in talking about you know the fact that men we don't equip men with the space and tools to talk about their feelings and often lots of them do self-medicate with other things so i think you're mm. so right that they can go hand in hand together again it's just i i think the whole idea of of fashion how important clothes and stuff actually can be to your mental well-being and the way you express mm. that it's again i think it's something that it's not that it's not that of, often it's spoken about so i think it's, yeah. it's been really quite beneficial it's been beneficial for me even just thinking about these things wow what an interesting smart and open guy share is i really hope you got as much out of that chat as i did and if anything that share has said has resonated with you about getting help we've got some links in the episode notes for you um, got some great messages here thank you so much for sending messages it's such a nice thoughtful thing to do you can always email us as well on who are you wearing pod at gmail.com um, got a message on the Instagram here from Becca who said hey I just want to say me and my mate are loving the podcast all the episodes have been ace so far especially the Susan McComa and Joe Black Epps I listen on Spotify I'm gonna Oh, love her. She says, I listen on Spotify, but I'll try and work out how to do the five-star review thing. Thank you so much. And loads of you have been doing that, and it's helped people find us and helped us get on the new and noteworthy little wheel thing on um, iTunes, which has helped a load more people come and find us. So, hi. If you're a new listener, you are so, so welcome. Love this message that we got from Jay on Instagram. They say, this is the best, most tantalising, slow reveal social account complimenting a podcast. I listen, then I await the little visual treats later on. Perfect. I'm so glad you like it because I do have a big think about what goes out when. Um, because also I keep, some of these conversations are so sort of big and profound and jam-packed like we talk about so much that I sort of even though I listen to every episode a couple of times I forget and then I'm like oh I got this picture from here and I'll put that here and there's another chat starts about you know what we used to wear as teenagers or mad hairstyles or whatever I absolutely love it and I'm glad that you like it as well 
you're in for a real treat actually this week, Jay, because Cher has got some absolute looks to serve. God, that man can really carry off a hat. <laughs> um, speaking of, I would love to shout out about a small business that I adore, if I may. I'm going to be banging on about Mad Dog Millinery. Okay, so this is run by Erin. It is a small business in Wales. She's from North Wales originally, but is now based in Cardiff, where she makes all her headpieces, embroidery and accessories by hand. She's on maternity leave at the moment, um, but she also makes custom pieces. So do remember that. Her background is in costume making for stage. And I really think that comes through in her work in the in the best possible way. <laughs> so much so, I really want to write a play just so I can insist that someone wears one of her pillbox hats in it. I actually got a beautiful pink velvet headband of hers from another small business I love, um, a gorgeous shop called Lottie and Wren, who do online orders. I honestly feel like an actual Disney princess in that headband. Don't know what it is, um, but I'm absolutely here for it. Um, it's really well made as well, so I cannot wait to wear it when I'm a nana. Um, just slide it over my platinum bob. I'm going to have a big dark streak of hair in it, the opposite to what I have got now. Yeah, that is right. I have planned for when I get older, how I want my hair to be a photo negative of what I have now. Well, thank you so much for listening to this podcast and to all of you who've given it a big push and shared it too. It's so kind of you. I am back next week with the Colour Riot and the queen of interior design masters, Siobhan Murphy. See you then. Who Are You Wearing is produced by Joe Southard, the artwork is by Mary Phillips, and the music is by Annie Glass. This has been a Little Wonder production. Hello. Hi, Bridget. Okay, I see how it is. <laughs> Here to Judge is the new weekly podcast from Little Wonder, where we dismantle predicaments posted online. Featuring fruity dilemmas from Am I the Arsehole on Reddit to Am I Being Unreasonable quandaries on Mumsnet. Join me, Priya Hall. Me, Robin Morgan. And me, Leila Navarbi. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Apple, or wherever Spotify. you get your podcasts. <laughs> Go on, give me I was just being like your hype man. <laughs> new episode every Friday. <laughs> there must be something we can use. <laughs> right, yeah, so you just just say it again. I don't know how else to explain a podcast to a ghost. Just explain it again. Uh... You listen to it, and we talk to people we like. James Acaster. Yes. Sophie Duker. Yeah. Nish Kumar. Yes. Rosie Jones. Yes. Izzy Sutty. Yes. Darren Harrier. Yeah. There's loads. You listen to them. They tell a spooky story that they've heard about Spooktown. Some of them are horrible little liars. Yeah. It's that simple. I don't understand how you're not getting it. It's really rude. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. What? Well, it's not a ghost. It's just a smudge on the mirror. Oh. I still don't really know why I didn't get it, but... <sighs> I thought you explained it really well, Ed. Thank you, guys. Welcome to Spooktown. Hey, it's wherever you get your podcasts. No one's judging. Wherever you get your podcasts, you bloody listen. If you want.